0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message is part one of our brand new series, How Can We Avoid Life's Difficult Situations. We want to invite you to our next conference, The Prophetic Voice, from the 19th to the 21st of September with guest speakers Julian Adams and also our very own Trevor Baker. Register your place at our website, www.revivalfires.org.uk But I want to start this series off and um, one of the questions, you know, that you hear so often people saying to you is, Trevor, how can I avoid life's difficulties? You know, there's so many times I've been sat with people and they said yes. And you tell them messages of faith, you give them some counsel on faith. And they say, yes, but what about the difficulties I'm going through? I wish I could just get out of a life of difficulties. You know, you, do you feel like that sometimes? Why is it that I'm going through this? I thought that it was going to be a bed of roses. Well, that's all depends on how you look at a bed of roses. I was reading years ago by a woman by the name of Madame Guillaume. wouldn't advise you to read it if you're going through things really tough. Um, but she was um, in the 1700s and. Uh, she was really seeking god's presence and in the end she was imprisoned for her beliefs they thought that she was a witch but she just had this mystical experience and and the mystical experience wasn't something that was you know nebulous sort of cloudy ethereal you know nothingness it was a real sense of god's presence coming to her lying on her stone floor in her cell she says Oh, what bliss to lie on a silken bed of roses. Oh, what bliss to lie on a silken bed of roses and smell the fragrance of his presence. Can you see? She'd gone beyond difficulty. She'd gone beyond the external circumstances of what she was going through. And she had moved into a dimension that whatever was going on around her, there was peace within her. You know, we heard in the prayer meeting this morning that when you go through the storm, I will be with you. The waters will not overflow you. I am your God. When the I am is there, everything is at peace. Hallelujah. And so here this morning, I want to try and give some answer to that question. How can we avoid life's difficulties? Well, the answer to that is very simple. You can't avoid life's difficulties. We have found this week, You know, I mean to get from the womb into the world is an incredible difficult journey. That's how life starts. You know? Try putting a was it eight pounds through a small opening. Not going to get any more specific, but just try and get that in your mind. How difficult is that to go through? And yet, the doctors tell us that through through that birthing experience, every vertebrae and bone in the baby's life is set in its right place. So when we go through, and life starts like that, because in starting like that, it's so that things can be set into its right place. And if there are things that are out of alignment, God will use things in order to bring it back into alignment. Why does it get difficult? Well, because we become comfortable in the places that we are in. Let me read you a verse from Psalm 4. It's a great psalm, a psalm of David. Listen to what he says. You see, so often we're trying to escape difficulties and God's trying to enlarge us in the difficulties. How is that? Listen to what he says. Answer me when I call, O my righteous God. Have you been calling to God and he's not been answering? Answer me. Listen, you would only say answer me when you're getting no answer. And so often we can hear testimony after testimony after testimony. We can hear people say, God spoke to me this morning. God spoke to me this morning. When I was doing the washing up, God spoke to me. When I was driving in the car, God was speaking to me. And you think, God... When will I hear you speak to me? And so we get to a point where because it's happening to everybody else, there must be something wrong with me that I'm not hearing God. Or could it be that God is just drawing you through the silence into a deeper place of intimacy Where instead of the shouting in the midst of the traffic, you hear his still small voice in the midst of the storm. And there's a big difference. See, there's a big difference in that. Answer me, O God. The word there is Elohim. The God when everything is chaotic. The God. Who can bring everything back into order. That's what he's calling upon. This God for. See what's chaotic in your life. Chaos is only when everything. Is without form. It's empty. There seems no purpose to it. And there's no face for you to recognize. What is going on. Anybody like that this morning. And so he says answer me my God. My righteous God. God Who is the Titskenyu. The God who is my righteousness. The God who's made a covenant with me. Who says that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then he says this. You have enlarged me when I was in distress. Another And Bible puts it like this, you have enlarged me under pressure. Oh, sure. Are you going through pressure? It's so that God can enlarge you, not diminish you. Our God is a God who gives you glory upon glory. Upon glory, grace upon grace upon grace, increase upon increase upon increase. And we have to get out of not seeing the blessing is just monetary. But let me tell you, when God blesses you financially, it's a blessing. But there is far more to life than just monetary blessing. There is a peace blessing when you're going through everything that you could be going through. When there is the storm raging outside in your heart, you say, But there's peace in my soul. Oh, to lie on silken bed of roses in the midst of a self-lore, knowing that her time of departing this life could be very close, as she was going to be burned at the stake. Or that's what they were looking to do. Can you see? And she comes out. That was Madame Guillon. But she says, Answer me when I call, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. That's how the NIV puts it. The ESV says, enlarge me in my distress. Another version says, you have enlarged me under pressure. See, there is stress and strain that diminishes us. But there is a pressure that enlarges us. See, Jesus was under pressure in the Garden of Gethsemane. That was pressure. That was pressure that he was under so much physical pressure that even the blood vessels in his brow burst. We have not yet, we have not yet resisted sin to the point of that type of pressure. And we heard Bobby Connors say here not long ago that profanity is doing what God has not ordained us to do. Or doing what God has not assigned to us to do. So holiness is doing that which God has assigned to us to do. And so here... Jesus was in that place. Father, take this, cup. yet not my will, but yours be done. And you think that would be enough. And yet at the cross, what does he say? He cries out again, answer me, God, answer me. My God, why have you forsaken me? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, why have you forsaken me? And with that... He breathed his life. He didn't get a word from the Father at that point. You see, sometimes when we're going through the depths, there is no answer because there is a walk of faith that God wants us to step into. And faith does not respond to the circumstances. Faith responds to the promise of God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet the next breath, he says, it is finished. And with that, he breathed his last. Why? Because as he said, Father, into your hands. Not my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's no answer. And what does Jesus say? He just comes with another prayer and says, my father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. The one who he thought had forsaken him was the same one that he committed himself to because of his trust in his father and because his obedience to faith. See, there is a walk of faith. And so here, you have enlarged me when I was under pressure. And how did God enlarge him? Three days later. What happened? That small place called the tomb So small. If you've been to Jerusalem, you'd see, it's a small place for the King of glory to reside. A very small place. And the doorway in is even smaller. But three days later, all that pressure gave way to the enlarged place of glory. God is about to enlarge. The place for you to step into a new dimension of glory. Hallelujah. See, we're moving out from the things that we're in. Why? Because of faith. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then he turns and he sees his father and he says, Father, into your hands I commend. Commit my spirit. Can you see? What's the difference? Relationship. Says in Isaiah 11. It talks there. And it talks there about. He is the wonderful counselor. The everlasting father. Think about that for a moment. To be an everlasting father. You must have an everlasting son. There must... Never be a day if you're an everlasting father. You see, I was only a father. I was made a father in 1981. Up until then, I wasn't a father. I was a husband. Before the, I was single. I was a son, but I wasn't a father. But when I had a child, I became a father. So I've been a father since 1981. Can you see? Now God, it says of God, he is the eternal father. So therefore there has never been a time when he's not had the eternal son. And so when Jesus' cry upon the cross, he goes right the way back to relationship. And the relationship again is father into your hands. I commend my spirit. It's not about the power of prayer. It's about the power of relationship. See, and that's what God is wanting to take us into so that when we go through life's difficulties, there is still a faith dimension in our life. And in that place of faith, which is based upon his promise to us and his promises I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you when you walk through the fire I'm going to be with you the waters will not overwhelm because I am your God I have redeemed you I have called you by name you are mine And so as we go through difficulties, there are some things that we just need to have in place in our lives. And he says, give me release from my distress. Enlarge me under pressure and be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Another verse says, and hear my voice. Oh, God loves the sound of your voice so experiences anybody got through life without pain so why is it that we keep going to a default button that says we can avoid things here to avoid is to succeed in keeping away from harm Or something dangerous or undesirable. Anybody ever got burnt by touching a hot plate or a hot oven or something hot, touched a match, a fire? I'm sure that every person here has got burnt at some point in their life. Now what did it teach you? Don't touch it again. We're taking little Teddy. His dad's bought him a bike. And, um, and so we're trying to get him to ride the bike. And he's going too slow. So I get hold of him. I just run by the side of him. Let him go for a little bit. Um, but you see, for Teddy, it was still too fast. And so, you know, because he was scared he was going to come off. And I said, we do need to get him some stabilizers and uh, and his dad says oh i think he'll be okay without stabilizers i'm thinking he won't he'll be scared spitless he won't even want to ride this bike again he will think that this bike is a demon you know and so there's times when you have to take someone and help them through. Not that you protect them from or you try and control every situation so that they don't fall, but you have to overcome fear of falling so that you can carry on. Can you see? And sometimes we're like that. We're, we're wanting um, to control or somebody wants to take control over our lives so that nothing harmful comes. I know with our girls pushing them on a swing. You know, Sharon would often say to me, that's too high. i am saying, no, I don't think so. You know, and the goes, wee, oh, higher, higher, you know. And so here, we often try. See, we all face times in our lives of pressure. Avoidance is that we, we move to a place or we seek to prevent things happening. we, what we do is we load all our bases. Do you know what it means by that? You've got all your, all your exits and all your entrances covered so that nothing is going to outsmart you. Anyone been outsmarted? You know, there's times I've been so outsmarted, I'm thinking, how on earth did that happen? You know? And, and yet we think we can get everything covered. You know, or if we can't is what we do is we run for cover. The action we take to make sure something unpleasant might never happen to us. See, what are your actions that you're taking in order to stop what you're going through from taking you any further into pain or into an unpleasant situation? We all have them. And how do I know? Because so many people have said to me, Trevor, why is this happening to me? I, you know, I'm a Christian. Surely, surely things are meant to get better. Well, they do, but it's first inside before it happens outside. See, once we have peace in our hearts, we find that what goes on around us can never disturb that peace. See, and so what we do is that we're constantly trying to put ourselves in places and in positions to avoid people. You know, I remember when i just become a Christian, there was a guy that really got irritated with me. Um, I'd just become a Christian too, and you know what that's like, you know, I just started speaking in tongues, so I was speaking in tongues all the time and he didn't speak in tongues and and so he thought I was trying to get one over him and oh dear, it sort of, uh, and then what happened, he would see me coming up one stairs and there was another entrance to come down and so he would run along the corridor and come down the stairs, the other stairs, just to avoid me, you know. And I got wise to this so his big fear came upon him. The thing that he dreaded came upon him. Because I saw him t- turn at the top of the stairs, and I knew what he was going to do. So I ran down the corridor on the bottom floor, and as he was coming down, I went, "Boo!" <laughs> ah, you know. Only to say, you see, we can be like that with people, avoiding people anyone you're avoiding because of an unpleasant experience, listen, you will never have peace while you're avoiding. And the thing that happened with this person's life, Arthur's name was, and uh, we, we got to a point where we were sharing the same room in London. I mean, how did God work that? And we still didn't get on that well. But you see, there was one time in Arthur's life where he had a seizure and I was the only person there and somehow I just knew what to do. So that he didn't injure himself, he didn't bite all the inside of his mouth and after that, do you know what? Arthur never avoided me again. See, something happened. The changed the situation and and so he saw that I wasn't his competitor can you see I was his partner I was his friend I wasn't going to run away when things got difficult for him and so do you know what he did he never went ran away from me again from that point on and we got a great relationship he's actually been to meetings here years later can you see but there's People in places that, that we can seek to avoid. Are there places that you don't go to because of the difficulty? There's some, there's some children who never go home. Never go to their family home because of the difficulty that they went through in their home. And so they, they avoid those settings. Listen, God doesn't want us to walk through life having avoidance in us. Are there situations that you've been in, and you think I'm never going to put myself in there? Well, one is you've made an inner vow. Inner vows are never good, and uh, and so there's all these things that go on. You know, I don't know any of you if ever, any of you have ever watched. It's a very funny movie. Some of you'll go away and watch it now. Um, called Dodgeball: The The Great Underdogs. Have you ever anybody watched Dodgeball? And, and the thing is, this they they learn how to. They've got to dodge balls. So the trainer thinks, well, the best way for them to dodge balls is to take them onto the main highway and throw and throw spanner wrenches at them. In order to get them to, this is the, the four things that they have to do. They have to duck, dodge, dive, and duck again and so he's throwing wrenches at them and they're having to duck, then dive, then dodge and then duck again and so often we're like that we're like the great underdogs playing dodgeball with life's experience and we find that we can't keep dodging and ducking because something else is going to hit us and you see God wants us to get through things not to get through with things you know like the boxer in the ring throws his towel in I'm through with fighting I'm through with this and then there's the other one that says I'm going through with this see what are you are you through with it or are you going through with it see God wants you to go through things he wants you to go into those places Now turn quickly as I finish this morning. I just want to wrap it around a story. And the story is David. David is a guy, you read his life. Yes, he's had some battles, but he does pretty well. You know, we could look at him being in the field as a shepherd. We could look at him, well, he wasn't involved in the house. But listen, David seemed to make things of situations that other people wouldn't have done. He became a great shepherd. He became a great musician. He became a great protector in the field. You know, that's what you hear about him. I mean, wouldn't you like a testament about you saying, see that guy, he knows how to take out lions. You know, see that guy there? He knows how to overcome bears. See that guy there? He knows how to shepherd sheep. There's one thing he knows what to do. He knows where the watering places are and he knows where the best place is to feed sheep. That's why David could write a psalm, um, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. See? Because he'd known it in his own life, he could then lead other people to it. Listen, God's got a great purpose for you. Comes out of that and he fights Goliath. I mean, wouldn't you like to have Goliath's head in your hands? Well, maybe you wouldn't. But if you're a warrior facing a battle, you're wanting to have the upper hand. And so he goes out to battle. And this is his testimony. David, as Saul has slain his thousands, David is 10,000. David is this man of victory. He's this victor. You know, victory belongs to the brave. And David could say, and I'm the man. Give me a bear. No problem. Give me a line, No problem. Give me a light. No problem. Give me armies. Listen, I can take out 10,000. Not only that, but people sing songs about me. It seems that if David's life up until this point, he just gets victory after victory after victory after victory. Isn't that good? And we can think that's how life is always going to be. But there comes a point in his life. And that's the point of this morning. Overcoming the difficulties because they will come. Even though you may have lots of victories, there will come a time when everything is tested. And it's the test then of your faith in God and where you'll go. And you may be in that place this morning. But listen to this, where he comes. It says, David has slain his 10,000. Saul is 10,000. That's what's being said in Israel. What's been said amongst the Philistines is the same. David's arch enemies, Israel's arch enemies are also saying it. Saul is 1,000, David is 10,000. Then they said, and we don't want him to fight with us case he turns on us. Basically what they were saying is case he defeats us. And so here is David and they say to him, David, you don't have to fight our battles, go home. And as David makes his way home, it says they reached Ziklag. Do you know what Ziklag means? It means a dry place. You're in a dry place, no voice, God's not speaking. You're in a place where you're not refreshed, where the times that you spent in refreshment, in the presence of God, even worship this morning, you think, God, what is happening to me? I'm singing these, but they're just words. See, God wants you to learn more than words. Do you know, you can teach a dog to go and chase and bring sticks back to you. You can teach an elephant to stand on his one leg. Do you understand? You can, and they only do it because it's expected of them. Can you see? So, you can come to church And you can go through worship because it's expected of you to be in church on Sunday. See, I want you to go beyond that place. See, when you come and it's because of desire. Not because of expect it what's expected of you. See, the dog will always go and chase a stick and bring it back to you. You can get dogs to sit up and beg as you give, but it's expected. You can get a dog to bring your slippers to you. You can get dogs to do lots of things. But it's only doing what's expected of them. See, there's a difference when you do things out of desire. See, that's what God wants to change in you. Something needs to change. So we move from the place of just being and doing what's expected of us. And so here, David, he reaches Ziklag, a dry place. And the Amalekites. you know what the Amalekites mean? The valley dwellers. They never never see life on the mountaintop. They only see life in the valley. When they're in the valley, they want to pull everyone down into the valley. They know how life is in the valley. And they'll bring everyone down into the valley with them. Because they've never reached the mountaintops. That's the Amalekites. And it says here, they went down to the Negev the distant place. And they attacked Ziklag and burned it. Oh, and they taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but they carried them off as they went on their way. Now, when David and his men came to Ziklag, you see, this was David's town. These were David's wives, children. These were David's possessions. It says, David came to Ziklag. They found it destroyed by fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud. Have you ever heard men weep? Let me tell you, when you hear men weep, there is something that just goes right, there's a sound that just goes right through you. There's, there's a sound that just reverberates in you of just distress and weakness when they know that they're powerless to do anything. And there's a cry that comes from our hearts. And it says here, And they wept for their wives, their sons and daughters who had been taken captive. So David David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left. Strength will come as we wait upon the Lord. But what happens when you've been weeping, 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 and still no strength? Let me tell you, we preach, we preach a one-sided message when we say that everything turns out in glory. And we don't show the other side of the coin that's got your face on it. And so it is, they wept. Until they had no strength to weep. David's two wives had been captured. And David was greatly distressed. Because the men were talking of stoning stoning him. You think things can't get any worse? You just wait and see. And each one was bitter in his spirit. Because their sons and daughters had been taken captive. And then it says these words. But David found strength in the Lord his God. You see, there is a strength that comes from God. Now the thing is this, he didn't inquire of God, he found strength in God. Inquiry is going to come, but inquiry can only come when you've been strengthened. See, this isn't about motivation, this is about inspiration see motivation is all about the things that you do it's putting things into motion inspiration is something that inspires something that goes into you and so here David it says found strength so there's a place where you can find strength yes in all the difficulties wives have gone He's been weeping and no answer. The men now look at stoning him. And David somehow. He finds strength in God alone. And in that place of finding. That place of strength. It says then. David said to Abiathar the priest. The son of Ahimelech. Bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord. You see, when you've reached a new place of the presence of God, in all your difficulties, in all that you're going through, there is a place of strength. And in that place of strength, it enables you to inquire of him again. But you see, you can't inquire until you've known his empowering presence. It's the empowering presence that leads you back to the promise. And the promise was that there was still an ephod in Israel. The ephod was, it carried two stones. And basically the stones was over the heart that said yes or no. You know, so many of the answers in life are so simple. Shall I go after them? Yes. Shall I go after them? No. So he inquired, of Abitha. Shall I go after them and pursue them? And he says, shall I pursue and raid this party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Succeed in the rescue. Not get victory. Succeed in the rescue. Turn this whole situation around. I believe God wants to turn things around. You see, but we we miss out on so much because we don't find strength. Then we look to other people. You see, the men were looking to David for strength because he's the one who slayed 10,000. So they were looking to David instead of looking to the Lord. And so while all the armies was looking to David, David hadn't got strength either but he knew a place. He knew a place just like he'd found a place for the sheep that in parched places, there was water. And he found that place again to be inspired, to know that God was with him, not for him. He'd gone through the fire. And the fire, even though it had burned everything on the external, it hadn't consumed his eternal flame that God had placed in him with that he went in search of God again he just inquired then from that place of strength he inquired of the Lord shall I go God says pursue them this is time for you to break through again David this is time for you to go through this isn't time to give it all up and say, well, we've defeated. Let's go back. Let's start all over again. This is time to go through it all. This is not the time to throw your towel in. This is the time to gird up your loins again and say, God, I'm going to go through this hell or high water. I'm going through this. See, that's what happens when you inquire of God and he begins to speak to you again. And as he went through, you see, when he, when he inquired of the Lord, He was looking heavenward. But you see, sometimes you need more than just heaven's inquiry. Have you noticed that? You know, you can inquire of God. People can tell you, you get a word of prophecy and that's wonderful. Yeah, this is what God's going to do. And then you find, well, God it's not making much sense to me. Nothing seems to be happening. And what happened was this, you see. We inquire of God But you see, we also have to have earthly aid too. You read through the story, and they found an Egyptian. I mean, he was a person who was against Israel. He was a person who was one, an Egyptian, was was one of their taskmasters at another stage in their history. God will turn things around in your favor. What you think was against you is going to make coming to before you. What you, thought, what you thought was pushing you back is now going to come and push you on. What you thought had brought you defeat is now going to come and give you victory. And so they found this Egyptian. He was nearly dead. And they said to him, do you know where the Amalekites are? He says, yes, I know where the Amalekites are, but listen, can you give me some food? And so they gave him some food. It says, they found an Egyptian in a field, brought him to David, gave him water to drink and food to eat. He ate, and he was revived. See, when you get revived, other people get revived. It's not all about ourselves. And it says, and he was revived. And, let me just get it. For he he had not eaten any food or drink or water for three days. David asked him, To whom do you belong and where have you come from? An Egyptian, a slave of the Amalekites. They abandoned me because I became ill. And David asked him, inquired of him, Can you lead me down to this raiding party? Can you lead me down? God's told him to pursue. He goes after And then he says to this man, a slave, can you, because he's revived. Do you know what? Revived people, they come up with incredible opportunities for us. He says, can you lead us down? He says, yes, I can lead us down. I can lead you down. I know where they are. It says, swear to me before God that you won't kill me and hand me over to my master. And I'll take you down there. Do you know, there's so often we can receive counsel from others and never do anything with it. And so we never get victory and then we blame God. Or we blame people that they haven't given us and care and attention. You know, there's people who've come here and people who've left here and you give them counsel. You know, you give them things. I remember some time again now, Somebody was wanting some great words of wisdom from me concerning their marriage. And I just said to the husband, I said, you know, just take your wife out for a nice meal and buy her a nice dress. Because he hadn't done it in a long, long time. A month later, he still hadn't done it. Can you see? That will do something. Do you know what? Because a gift opens up the way for the giver. It works in every area of our life. And when we do not take hold of counsel, let me tell you, it doesn't have any effect over your life. It has still been in that place. And so here, whoever it is next week, we're having our life group sign-ups You're going to receive so much in those times. But do something with it. Don't just have it as a notebook, stuck inside your paper, stuck inside your Bible, all the things that you learn, and you never do anything. Can you see? See, it's one thing to inquire of God, and he says, yes, pursue. And as you pursue, God's got another place for you in order to move into something more to get the complete victory. And so there's the spiritual, the heavenly, the heavenly, and there's the natural, the earthly. See, again, we're back to where we all start, and that is bringing heaven to earth, reconciling all things. And God uses both in order to give us victory. I've got to push on. And it says here, and David, he led David down to the town, Where they were scattered over the countryside, and there they were. David fought from dusk until the evening of the next day. None of them got away except the 400 men, rode off in camels and fled. And it says, and David recovered everything. See, God is about to enable you to recover things. See, this whole series, you're going to see God recovering things. I'm not going to snap my fingers. I haven't got a magic wand. But I do know this, that God will put in place all that needs to be in place for you to get victory. For you to recover. And listen, victory isn't so you get to be on the top and looking down on your enemies. Victory is about you recovering everything. Every promise that God has made will come to pass. Every word spoken, he will keep to it. And so here, he recovered everything. You see, God wants us to go through things. Let me tell you this, don't give up. Don't give up. Stay in there with God. And as you stay in with God, he will come. And he will speak. And he will give you counsel so that you can overcome. Why don't you all stand? Overcomers. I want to pray that you'll find strength in God this week. How that will come about, I don't know. But you'll find a place in God. Like Madame Guillaume. In a damp, dank prison cell. Lying on a slab stone floor. And she says, oh to live. Oh to lie on silken bed of roses. She found a place. In the midst of Now I want to pray for you that you would find a place in the midst of your difficulty. In the midst of that place of brokenness. And in that you would find strength. In the place where you would even say to me, Trevor, I've wept till I can't weep anymore. I'm about to throw it all in. I'm through with it. in this place God would strengthen you to say now I'm going through all this just to change and in that God would just bring revelation to you and he would bring counsel to you to help you recover everything see there's a process I wish I could say angels were going to show up on your doorstep tomorrow morning and have the very thing that you're reaching out to God for. It is possible for God to do that. But sometimes angels come with dirty faces. What do you mean, Trevor? They come in human forms. And we're not aware of it. So we don't do anything about it. Because we think that God passed us by. Put your hand on your heart this morning. Father, I pray this morning that this would be a week where we are enlarged in our pressured places. Lord, the difficulties that we are going through that we no longer seek to avoid but we seek to embrace you in the midst of them. Father, my prayer for everyone here today is that we would find a place to be strengthened in God alone. And in the strengthening that we would then have faith to inquire of you and to do what you say to us to do even in that place of revelation. And Father, that we might touch those And you would send us those who would be our counselors, people who would give to us the next step to take so that we can recover or we can come into a place of completion. So Father, I pray for everyone here. Would you bless them this week? Make them overcomers who receive everything that you have for their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.